If you'd like to attend the next Mad Thing in a Masjid event, inshallah ta'ala, live in a the masjid, then click on the link below. It will take you to a Telegram group that has the details for all the events that we do, inshallah. And you can then find the details for the next Mad Thing in a Masjid, which will be on a Saturday, inshallah. Brothers, let's begin, inshallah ta'ala. Today, we're talking about a very serious topic. And that topic is about the words that we speak and what comes out of our mouth. We say things every day. The words that come out of our mouth, what is the consequence of these words? In the Quran, Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you're, you're hearing and you're seeing. All of that, you're going to be questioned about it on the day of judgment. Every word that comes out of your mouth, you'll be questioned. Everything that you look at, you'll be questioned. Does that make sense? So you have to really consider the words that you speak. Is it good what you say? Is it bad what you say? And also, what is it that you're looking at? Because all of that you're going to be questioned about, inshallah ta'ala. All of that is going to come back to you. Does that make sense? Okay, I wanna, before we go into the issue of being questioned by Allah for what you say, because that's the majority of the topic, I want to quickly touch upon being questioned about what you see. Because the verse also mentioned what you see, right? Okay. My brothers, are you allowed to look at women? Are men allowed to look at women? We're not allowed to look at women. Unless there's a reason. What could be a, what could be a reason for looking at a woman? Who could tell me? For marriage, right? You're going to marry someone you've never seen before? You're going to say, I need to see. Does that make sense? I need to see. It's from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to go and look. To go and look at the woman that you want to marry. So, they, that's an example of a time when it's permissible for you to look at a woman. Of course, here we're not talking about your mom. You can look at your mom. We're not talking about your sister. We're not talking about your auntie. We're not talking about your grandma. We're talking about women that are strange women. They are not from your maharim. Okay, there's a woman who's not from your, mah- from your maharim. You can't see her, Right? So then why is it that so many of us who watch movies on Netflix? We're looking at women, all right? Even we send gifts. You know on WhatsApp, those gifts that we send. And sometimes we send gifts that are what? That are what? That are women. Why do we do this then? And all that that we look at is going to be questioned on the day of judgment. Even the funny thing is nowadays women send gifts of men. And it's not like even a thing where, you know, it's anything... Dirty or filthy It's just maybe like a guy smiling And it's a gift But she's not allowed to look at that man She's not allowed to look at that man Why is she looking at that man for? It's all going to be questioned See these little things that we take for granted It's all going to come back to us Look at the verse Allah said Every single thing That you looked at And you spoke So everything that you saw Afwan, everything that you saw and that you had, all of that is going to come back to you on the day of judgment. You'll be asked about it. So then be careful what you look at. And be careful what you listen to. Music. You sit in gatherings, you listen to backbiting. Does that make sense? Another verse, Allah said, ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه راقيب عتيد. There's not a single word that you utter. Except that there is someone watching over you. The angels, they're writing it down. You know how scary that is? There's no single word that you say except the angels are writing it down. It's all going to be written for you, proof on the day of judgment, everything that you said. So now I have a question for you. What is the ruling on speaking? When I say what is the ruling, I'm asking, is speaking halal? Is it haram or is it sunnah? Or is it makru or is it wajib? There's five rulings. Okay? So what is the ruling on speaking? Well, it depends. If what you're speaking is evil, if what you're speaking is evil, then it's haram to speak. What about if you're speaking things that are not good or bad? It's just random stuff. Like, For example, talking about the carpet. Oh, the carpet is red. Can I say that's bad? That statement, is it bad? But can I say it's good either? I can't say it's good or bad. 
Imagine I say, imagine I look at you and I say, oh, your sock is white. Or one day we just decide to talk about something. It's not good nor bad. It's not good or bad. What's the ruling on talking about those kind of things? It's not good to talk about those things. Why? Because of a hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Man kana billahi Anyone who believes in Allah and the last day? Brothers, put your hand if you believe in Allah and the last day. Do you believe in Allah? Do you believe in Allah? Allah? Last day? Day judgment? We all believe? So then pay attention. Allah said, Man kana, the Prophet said, Man kana billahi Anyone who believes in Allah and the last day? Khayran, then only say good or be, or be quiet. So speech can be good, bad, or it can be not good or bad. Or it's speech that I'm confused, is it good or bad? If it's bad, don't say it. If it's not good or bad, don't say it. If you're confused, definitely don't say it. Only time you should speak is when you have something good to say. If you have something good to say. Who, who knew this? Put your hand up if you knew this. How many of us don't know? How many of us don't know that we're not supposed to speak unless it's something good? Sometimes we sit there, with some tea. And we sit there and we talk a bunch of stuff, man. We have to ask ourselves, did we speak good? Did we speak good? Or we sit in there talking about Sahara Desert? Something happened earlier. <laughs> My point is, honestly, there has to be a benefit. Now, I'm not going to say it's haram to talk about the carpet. I'm not saying it's haram to talk about a man's socks. I'm not saying it's haram to talk about these cars. A man just sit there for an hour talking about cars. You see the new car that come out? This, that. The new engine on the G63. No, no, no. You know? People are talking about these things. I'm not saying it's haram. I'm not going to say it's haram. I can't say it's haram. Because these are things that are permissible. But the Prophet said, don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because when you talk about things just generally, as we're going to see, there's a hadith that comes, it hardens the heart. The hadith is going to come, it makes your heart hard, which means your heart can't cry over sins. When you do sins, you don't feel sins. Your heart becomes disconnected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all that now is problematic. And also, when you start talking, and it's not good, it's just natural, general, nice stuff, cars, clothes, money, that's going to eventually lead to something haram. I guarantee it. Why? How many times have you been sitting there and you're just talking, talking, talking and the next thing you know you start backbiting someone? <coughs> start saying, oh yeah, my man, it's an idiot or like. It just comes in. Shaitan just brings it in. Or you're talking, talking and you're like, yeah, you see that girl, I saw her on that. Yeah. It just, you know what I'm saying? Or you're joking, joking. You say it's entertainment but you start lying in your joke. How many of us lie and joke and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, woe to those who lie to make people laugh. So imagine when you're talking when you're talking just natural talk, eventually that's going to lead to a sin most likely. So the Prophet is trying to tell you if you believe in Allah and you believe in a day of judgment, a day when everything you say and everything you saw and everything you heard is going to come back and you'll be questioned, why did you say this? Why did you say this? Why did you say this? Why did you look at this? Why did you look at this? Why did you look at this? When you're questioned for all of that, you're going to have to have an answer. So then don't even stress yourself, man. Don't even stress yourself with that. Just don't talk. Unless you've got something good to say. Okay, what's something good? Anything that benefits your deen or dunya? If it's work related, studies, could be school, college, no problem, it's benefit, right? Or deen related, talk about Allah, talk about the deen, talk about the Prophet advise people. You see evil, stop it. You see good, advise, encourage it. My brother, stay silent. You see speech, when it's inside you, you own it. But when that speech comes out, it owns you. How many people are dead now because of a word that they said? How many people are in jail now because of a word that they said? How many people are divorced now because of the word that they said? They didn't think much of nothing of it. You see that statement when it's in you? You own it. When it comes out, it owns you. You can't get jobs now because of things that you said. People don't want to hang around with you because you said something. They don't want to speak to you. They don't want to... Nothing. You're in jail now. You're under the ground. It's best to stay quiet. Samar al-Salaf would say, as Ata ibn Abi Rabah, he said, there's... The, when I speak, I think 70 times before I utter that statement. 70 times I will ask myself, should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it? 70 times. Who here thinks even once? 
before we speak. You know, WhatsApp exposed a lot of people because on WhatsApp, you've got that thing where you text and then what do you do? You, then you delete it, right? If you're deleting things, that shows that you're not thinking before you type. If you typed, if you typed, and you thought before you sent that text, the fact that you're deleting it shows you didn't think because if you thought, you wouldn't have sent it in the first place. But guess what? You deleted it from WhatsApp, but the angel didn't delete it from the record. It's still written. It's still written. Does that make sense? Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. Imagine, I said to you, it's not haram to talk about cars. I said that to you, right? It's not haram to talk about clothes. I'm saying you shouldn't. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Just keep quiet. Just keep quiet. Some of the self would say that there's not a single word that I ever said except that I prepared an answer for Allah. And Allah asked me, why did you say this? Allah, I've got an answer for you. I said it because of this. And I said, why did you say this? Allah, I have an answer for you. I said it because of this. Think every statement calculated. A word people can die over it. A word people get divorced over it. A word families break up because of it. Words are very dangerous. People say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words cause wars. Words cause wars. Billions of people die over over the years since, since the world has existed because of words. It's not a joke. Okay, now, coming back to the point, some things, I said you're allowed to speak, right? Cars, clothes, money. Okay, what's the limit? What's the limit? If you are, if you said, you know what? Today, I want to talk. Even though you shouldn't, it's not advised. The Prophet said not to. The Sunnah is don't talk unless you're advised. Want to follow the Sunnah, right? Claim to be a Salafi, right? Want to follow the Salaf, right? Okay, don't talk. Then why are you talking about, bro? Because the Salaf didn't talk much. Salafi is not just about aqidah. It's not just about Allah's names and attributes. Even that's a part of it. Salafi is not just about what? Issues of Iman and Qadr, even though that's, the that's a part of it and a foundational part of it. The Salafi and the Sunnah is also about being quiet. Not talking. Why you talk so much? But let's just say today you're like, you know what? It's permissible for me at the end of the day, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a conversation about cars. What's the limit? What's the limit about, of that talk where you don't want to overstep? Anyone tell me? What's the limit? What's the, what's the red tape that you don't want to cross? You can tell me. Hmm. Enough to get a point, not, as in, generally speaking, that's a good point. But there's a more specific answer I'm looking for. The answer is don't talk about anything that don't concern me. If you are talking, don't talk about anything that don't concern you. From the perfection of a man's religion is that you leave off things that don't concern you. How many people have got themselves into madnesses because they got themselves involved in things that don't concern them? Why are you get yourself involved? You said something. And it had nothing to do with you. But now you're involved. Now you're in jail. Now you're in trouble. Now you have ups chasing you down. Now you're a problem. Why is it that you do this? Just keep quiet. If you're talking, keep it to yourself. My car. My house. My socks. My carpet. Don't start talking about another person. That's going to start taking you down a road that's sticky. Does that make sense? So the thought take you down a road which is what? A road which is sticky. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ يَضْمَنْ لِي مَا بَيْنَ لَحْيَيْهِ وَمَا بَيْنَ رِجَلَيْهِ أَضْمَنُ لَهُ الْجَنَّةِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever guarantees for me that which is inside his two jaws. And he guarantees me that which is between his legs. What's inside your jaws, my brothers? Tongue. What's between your legs? Your private parts. The Prophet said, Whoever guards his tongue, whoever guards his private parts, I guarantee him paradise. Who wants to go to Jannah, bro? Inshallah. Say, Ameen. Allah, take us into paradise. My brothers, if you want to go to paradise, this tongue and the organ that is between one's legs, make sure you have control over that. Okay, we're talking about the tongue, I want to pause, we're going to go to the private part for a second. The fact that this hadith says, what it shows that a huge amount of people are going to enter into the hellfire because of their tongues and their private parts. Because why would the Prophet say, if you guard me, your tongue, if you guarantee me your private parts, 
I guarantee you Jannah. It shows that these are the things that people slip up on. A man should be on job making sure his private parts are in check. That he doesn't slip up with it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Some of you say, listen bro, I know myself, I'm a good kid. You know what, I've made Tawbah, I've repented. I'm not really on that stuff anymore. Don't worry, I'm not going to slip up. No girl's going to make me slip up. We trust ourselves too much. So when a girl DMs us, we respond. We chat to a girl every now and again. We say, she's just my bread. She's just my friend. She's just my friend. Or I say, this is my cousin. She's like my sister, bro. You say, don't worry, I know myself. I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm in control. That's what we like to say. She's just a work colleague. Bro, I'm at work. There's a couple of girls that talk to me. Like, it's not that deep. Like, they know I'm, I'm a Muslim. I know my limits. I show them I'm on Dean. You trust yourself. My question is, why do you trust yourself? When the Prophet ﷺ himself was concerned about himself. You know the most common dua of the Prophet? He would say, Ya muqallib al-qulub thabit qalbi ala deenik. Oh, the one who turns the heart. Keep my heart firm on the deen. And one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, he asked, Are you scared for us? That we're going fl- to slip? Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. Are you scared that we're going to slip? People who went into battle when they gave their life, they died for the sake of Allah Are you scared for us? We're going to slip up? The messenger said, yes. He told them that the, that the hearts of the believers are between the fingers of Ar-Rahman. And they get tossed and turned how we will. Sometimes they get tossed onto the deen. Sometimes they get tossed off the deen. Every night the Prophet would stand and beg Allah and say, Allah guide me. The Prophet's asking for guidance, Akhi. He's asking, he's scared. Ibrahim, when he was a kid, when he was a young man, he went and destroyed idols with his own hands. When he has it, and then when he grows older, he said, He said, Allah place me on one side of the earth and place idol worship on another side of the earth. He's scared that he might worship an idol. So he said, Allah keep me in idol worship separate. Like idol worship is the kind of thing that even if I look at the most youngest kid, he'll tell me this is shirk. A Ganesh, elephant or a Hanuman monkey, that the Hindus, for example, they worship. He'll say, okay, this is wrong. A person knows this is, this is shirk. This is another God besides Allah. Even we know that. That's a prophet who destroyed those idols with his own hands. He's thinking, you know what? One day, bro, I could end up worshiping an idol. I need Allah to save me. So if prophets are scared for themselves, how are you not scared for yourself? How is it that you think that you can talk to a girl and you'll be fine? How is it that you think you can still be on Snapchat? Be seeing those filthy girls pop up every time you're on it. How is it that you feel that every time you go onto Instagram and see the explore page, you'll be fine? Or if a girl DMs you one, two responses, or you can walk into a place where there's free mixing or whatever, you're going to be fine. Don't ever think like that. Because let me tell you something right now, there were people greater than you that fed off the deen. Greater than you that fed off the deen. There was a man from Saudi Arabia in Qasim in the early 1900s. He was known to refute atheists. And he wrote some of the best books refuting atheism. He was so great that in the Kaaba and the Friday khutbah, he was praised by the Imam who was delivering the khutbah. That man ended up going to Egypt and becoming an atheist himself. And then scholars at Shaykh Abdul Nasser and whatnot, they refuted him, they refuted him, they clarified his shubuhat. A man like that, Allah told us in the Quran, the one who Allah gave him knowledge. Allah gave him his signs. He left the signs. He left the knowledge Allah gave him. Imagine Allah gives you knowledge. Imagine Allah gives you exclusive knowledge. Allah said there was a man, Allah gave him exclusive knowledge. He abandoned the knowledge. He became so evil that shaitan became his follower. Imagine most people follow shaitan, right? This man was shay- became a leader for shaitan. Shaitan followed him. So people better than you have slipped up. So don't think to yourself, you're fine. You know, all the girls that are on your phone, brothers, I beg you, delete them, block them, change your sims. They're a problem anyway. Do they even do tahara after their menses finish? Some of them, you don't know. Right? They look pretty on the outside, but. Right? Fear Allah Azza wa Jal. 
So the Prophet said, guard me these two things, your tongue and your private parts. And I guarantee you, Jannah. Now the hadith, the Prophet said, the Prophet said a person will say a statement that he doesn't think about. What does it mean he doesn't think about it? In other words, he didn't think about it. Imam Nawi said it means he doesn't think whether it was good or bad. He speaks, but he speaks without thinking. Wait, this thing that I'm saying, is it good or bad? Remember the Prophet said, don't speak unless it's good, so you should be thinking. This is what I'm going to say good. Yes? So he didn't do this. And when he said the statement, it was so bad, it made him sink into the hellfire. He's going to go low into the hellfire. How deep? The difference, the distance between the east and the west. How far is the east and the west? It's very far. That distance, he's going to go down into the hellfire because he spoke and he didn't think. But if it was good or bad, then it was bad. Does that make sense? Another hadith the Prophet said, a man will make a statement and it earns Allah's pleasure. He didn't think anything of it. But because of it, Allah lifts him stations in paradise, inshaAllah. Allah lifts him stations. Allah lifts him stations. Pay attention. Sometimes you may walk up to someone and you say something nice to them and it changes their whole day. Maybe, may, maybe they were going to commit suicide that day, but they started to live. Maybe you give someone an advice. You didn't think nothing of it. You just looked at a brother one day and you said, actually, you know what you should start praying because of X, Y, Z. You give him some advice. He starts praying now. You didn't think nothing of it. But that one, two sentences he said to him, he started praying. And then when he prayed, he taught others to pray. And he had kids and he taught his kids to pray. And their kids started to pray. And all of that ajr is on you. And you didn't even think nothing of it. And the day of judgment, you're like, wow, that one statement I said. I'll tell you a statement like that that you say that you don't think much of. La ilaha illallah. How big is that statement? I'll tell you a story. One time Musa was speaking to Allah Azza wa Jal. He said, He said, My Lord, teach me a statement that I can say and make dua to you with. Allah said, Qul ya Musa, la ilaha illallah. Musa, you want to learn something? You want me to teach you something? Say, La ilaha illallah. But this is something common. We've all heard La ilaha illallah, right? He said, but Allah, all of your slaves say this. I want something exclusive. I want something VIP. I want something just for me. Everyone says, La ilaha illallah. He says it, he says it, he says it, she says it. They all say it. I want something special. Allah said, Ya Musa, O Musa, If the seven heavens and the earths, if all the seven heavens and the earth and what is inside them were in one scale and la ilaha illallah was placed on the other side of the scale the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ma latbihinna la ilaha illallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa Musa if the seven heavens and the earth were in one side of the scale and la ilaha illallah was on the other side of the scale. Ma let la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah would be heavier. One time saying it than all of that. Let me ask you a question. How big is this universe? Is it big? How heavy is the universe? Who wants to Google it quickly? I've Googled it before. Google it and type in the weight of the universe. Just type in the weight of the universe. Type in the weight of the universe. Tell me the number. Fadal. Mr. Accountant. How big is the universe? 10? 10 tons to the power of 15. So that means 10 tons times 10 tons times 10 times 10, 50 times. That number is so big, if you were to write all the zeros, you wouldn't be able to write all those zeros. It's too many. The reason why they say 10 tons to the power of 50 is because they can't write all those zeros out. That's how heavy the universe is, just this universe. Then there's the next universe, and the next universe, and the next universe. Imagine how heavy planet Earth is. Imagine how heavy Jupiter is. Imagine how heavy the sun is. This is so heavy. You place it on the scale, it's going to be heavy. But one time you say, La ilaha illallah, it's heavier than all of that. So imagine we're out here talking about cars and Lamborghinis and clothes and shoes and Nemo. The one they call Neymar. 
Queen Nemo. They talk about him and that. Well, you could have been spending that time saying, La ilaha illallah. Pay attention. A lot of us have sins, and our sins are going to be heavy on the day of judgment, right? If, if we've got sins, our sins are going to be heavy. But La ilaha illallah is heavier than all of that. Are your sins heavier than the universe? <laughs> are your sins heavier than earth? Let alone the universe? Let alone seven heavens? Nah, inshallah. I don't think you're that bad, right? We're not that bad. So then we should say La ilaha illallah a lot because it outweighs it. Pay attention, we need to know what it means though. We can't just say it and not know what it means. If you want to know what it means, every Monday in Masjid Dar al Salaam, we go through what La ilaha illallah means. We're going to be studying five different books just about La ilaha illallah. And we're just at the beginning of the first one. So feel free to join us, inshallah ta'ala. It's just about 10 minutes away from here, the other masjid. Anyway, the point I'm saying is that a person will say a statement. He says, La ilaha illallah. Maybe he says it 10 times a day, 100 times a day. He didn't think nothing of it. But he gets lifted because of that statement. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, When al abd la yitakallamu bil kalima, a slave will speak a statement. Min sakhati Allah. And he, it, will be, it will be something that displeases Allah azza wa jal. La yulqi laha balan. He doesn't think nothing of the statement. Yahwi biha fi jahannam. Because of it, he sinks into the hellfire. Sinks it. Does that make sense? Now the hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was approached by a companion. And the companion, he said, Ya Rasulullah, ma akhwafu, ma akhwafu, ma takhafu alayy. O Messenger of Allah, what is the thing that you're most scared for me? What is the thing that you're most concerned about me? Like me, what is the biggest fear you have for me? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fa'akhada bilisani nafsih. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam grabbed his tongue. And when he grabbed his tongue, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, hada, this. This is the thing that I'm most scared for you. This is the thing that I'm most scared for you. Another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, La tukthiru al-kalama bi ghayri dhikrillahi ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Do not speak a lot of speech without remembering Allah. Don't speak a lot. Don't be sitting there, you're speaking for a long time and just words are coming out of your mouth and you don't remember Allah. How is it we speak about everything and everyone except for Allah, except for the Messenger sallallahu alayhi except for the Quran. Bring it in, bring it into the discussion. If a believer sits, he mentions Allah. If a believer discusses, even if you're out just having a good time, having a meal, make sure you bring Allah into the conversation. Make sure you bring the deen into the conversation. Does that make sense? Because if you don't, the Prophet said, Because if you speak a lot without remembering Allah, it makes a hard heart. Why does it make the hard heart? Because you see, the heart, it needs the remembrance of Allah for food, as food. Your body, if you don't give your body food, if you don't give your body drink, what happens to your body? It becomes weak, right? It becomes weak. And it can't run now. It can't run. It can't jump. It can't, it can't stand. Eventually, it's going to die. Same way the heart needs food. And the food of the heart is dhikr, Quran, dhikr, speak, uh, reminders about Allah and speaking about Allah and the deen of Allah. This is all stuff that feeds the heart. Now, if you don't feed the heart, the heart's going to get sick. When the heart gets sick, it can't pray. The same way when a body gets sick, it can't stand, it can't run, it can't jump. When a heart gets sick, it can't pray. When a heart gets sick, it can't look down when it sees a woman. When a heart gets sick, it can't stop itself from talking evil. When a heart gets sick, it carries on watching filth online. When a heart gets sick, it listens to music. Does that make sense? It's, music becomes like a drug. It just addicted. It keeps listening and listening until it destroys the heart. Do you understand? So then, the, so then what you need is to remember Allah. Because food for the heart makes the heart strong. It makes the, when the heart gets strong, it wants to do good. It wants to stay away from evil. So when we talk a lot, Without remembering Allah will make the heart weak. Eventually the heart dies. Eventually the heart, it dies. This hadith that I'm about to mention to you now is going to shock you. This hadith is going to shock you. The Prophet wasallam was approached by a companion. He said, Man najah. He said, How do I attain success? The Prophet gave him three things. He said to him, Amsik alayka lisanik. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. So, what's going to stop your sins? So, what's going to give you success? Well, your tongue. That already makes sense. We've heard so many hadiths, right? About what you say, what you say, what you say. So, hold your tongue. Watch your tongue. Because that's what's going to give you success. The second thing the Prophet said, Well, yes, akabaytak. Well, yes, akabaytak. The Prophet said, Stay. Baytuk afwan. Well, yes, akabaytuk. The Prophet sallallahu said, stay at home. Stay at home, bro. 
a lot of brothers they come off the road and they start telling me, "Ah, it's peak out here. I'm trying to stay on my dean, but I'm getting, I'm getting run down. The ops are on me still. This, that, whatever have you. Okay, stay home, bro. When you tell him stay at home, he's like, "Ooh, I can stay at home. You don't want to leave and go and do hijrah and go to a Muslim country or a safe place. Stay at home then. Why do you come out? Ah, you know, I gotta come out. This, that. It makes no sense. Well, I like, honestly, it makes no sense to me. A guy has got people that are around the corner gonna kill him." If they see him, yeah, he uh, still goes out. Well, like, it's, it's, it's junoon, well, like, it's insanity. He keeps saying, at me, I keep slipping out, well, like, with this girl. Okay, stay home then. Stay home, why are you coming out? You know what's shocking? Is that we think only the women are supposed to stay at home. Because in the Quran, what did Allah say? وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنْ Stay at home. وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَةِ الْأُولَى Women, stay at home. Don't come out of your houses. Women can only come out if there's a need. If she has to. If she needs to, but she can't come out just for kicks and hang on the block. But my point of the matter is, men were told to stay at home. Unless you come pray in the masjid. Unless you go out to do work. Unless you go out to seek knowledge. Go and do what you need to. Then come home. Even right as a blessing with this COVID situation, most people are working from home. Even the kuffar are actually saying it's better to work from home. Less distractions. Even they're trying to tell you come home. Stay home. And we want to go out. Like it's an evil world out there. The world is evil, like. And this place is not our home. The Prophet said the dunya is a prison for the believer. Are you a believer? Are we all believers? Inshallah we are. Is this the dunya? Okay, we're in jail then. It's, it's prison. I can't go where I want to go. I can't look at what I want to look. I can't listen to what I want to listen. I can't do that. I'm in prison. I'm stuck. But the Prophet said the next life. Is a paradise for the believers, but a prison for the disbelievers. Next half, they're burning in hell. Next half, they're screaming, they're stuck, they're caged. But the believers are out there raving in paradise. It's a hell out rave. You got drink. It's not just drink, you got rivers of wine. I don't understand how people don't get excited when they hear that. Rivers of wine. Wine will lie. It's sweet. It's not, imagine. Imagine, it's not going to get you drunk. But it's going to taste banging. Here it gets you drunk. You end up shouting, screaming at someone, and don't even taste nice. A man's drinking, wakes up the next morning with what? A hangover. He says, honestly, Bob, we can't do that again. We've got to stop this. We've got to stop this, Bob. He pains himself, but he goes back to it next week. Because he's got nothing else to live for. He doesn't enjoy it, and it problems. In Jannah, you enjoy the drink. The water, the milk, the honey, the rivers of wine. And then inside of Al Jannah, Allah is pleased for you women. Bro, you can tell your woman, jump into the river of honey or milk or. But just enjoy yourself, it's Jannah. But here, don't do this haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, the people who are going to be presented, the day that the disbelievers are going to be presented to the hellfire. And it's going to be said to them, the the pleasures that you had have gone. The pleasures, the joy of women, the joy of drinks and food and lavishness, you've used it up in the dunya. You had your women in, in this dunya. You had the music in this dunya. In Jannah, your women are beautiful and they sing for you. Here you listen to music. Here you had your drinks. Here you drug, took drugs, alcohol. You enjoyed it. You said, I'm going to enjoy myself here. Then your, the pleasures have gone. You've already enjoyed yourself. You enjoyed it. So now you have hellfire. You have hellfire now. If you're patient in this life and you firm it, lower your gaze, don't do haram, be patient, be patient, be patient. In the next life, inshallah ta'ala, you're going to have all those pleasures to enjoy. But if you are not patient and you're hasty, so you know I can't wait, it's too long, I'm going to do it here. Okay, for eternity, you're not going to get it there. You're going to suffer if you die as a kafir. Does that make sense? Or maybe however long Allah wants you to die as a Muslim sinning. It's not worth it, my bro. It's not worth it, so stay at home. Because you'll avoid a lot of problems like that. It's not just for the women, it's also for the men. Does that make sense? But don't stay at home playing games and watching TV and wasting time. Stay at home benefiting. Read a book, spend time with your family, work out. 
do khair. If you're going to meet the brothers, meet them for khair. Come to the masjid. These, you can come to the masjid, by the way. There's no problem. Come to places of khair. Meet up with the brothers. All this is good. Travel, seek knowledge, benefit. But don't be out and about for the sake of it, hanging around on the blocks and just wasting time. Let's just go out for kicks. Every time we want to do something, let's go eat, let's go eat. Waste time. If you're going to eat, because you're going to give that to the brothers you're with, you're going to give them a reminder, khair. But just to go out and waste time with our brothers, these are things that are not good. Then the last thing the Prophet said, which will bring you success, cry over your sins. Cry over your sins, man. Count. We like to count other people's sins. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Look what she's doing. Count your own sins. Cry over them. Look at all of what you've done. Find a place when you go home tonight, privately in your house, close the door, and go through all the sins that you've done in your mind. And cry. And ask Allah for forgiveness. These three things. Controlling your tongue, staying at home, and crying over your sins is going to bring you success, the Prophet said. Okay. Now... Another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi went to Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu And Mu'adh, he asked the Prophet a question He said, وَإِنَّ لَمُؤَاخَذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمْ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ He said, O Messenger of Allah, are we going to be held to account by what we say? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, وَهَلْ يَكُبَّ النَّاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِمْ إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ Are the people going to be thrown inside of the hell? Fire for any reason other than what they say? It's not something shocking, brothers. This is something that we need to know. Okay, it's important that we touch upon a particular type of speech that we say, which is very evil. If we're going to sit here and talk about the dangers of evil and the dangers of what we say and holding the tongue, we have to mention one of the most common sins that's on the tongue that unfortunately we all suffer from and we all need to work on, all of us, except for those who Allah has mercy on and protects. And that is a sin of backbiting. And a lot of people are confused about what backbiting even is. Can someone tell me what backbiting is? I want to just make today we're going to make sure we understand what backbiting is. Who can tell me what backbiting is? Sorry? To talk behind someone. Beautiful. So that's that's one part of the definition. You talk about someone and you're not talking to them, you're talking about them. Fantastic. Okay. But we need to add one extra thing to confirm this is backbiting. Even if it's true. Even if it's true. And if it's false, what do we call it? Slander. Look at the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, Do you know what backbiting is? And as the Prophet said, Barakallahu Feek is speaking about someone, not to them, about them. And we know that because ghiba is like the word ghaib. What does ghaib mean? Unseen. What, who is, what does ghaib mean? Ghaib is the one who's absent. He's not there. He's not present. You can't see him. So ghiba is to speak about the one that's not there, that's not present, that's not, uh, does that make sense? So the Prophet said, Atadili mal ghiba? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Do you know what, do you know what this ghiba is, this backbiting about people speaking about them when they're not there? And the companions, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he educated them. He said, Dhikruka akhaka bima yakra. It's to say about your Muslim brother what he doesn't like. What he doesn't like, period. You speak about him, and what you're saying he doesn't like, this is called backbiting. There's no two ways about it. Whether you talk about his body, the way he looks, his ears, his nose. Well, that is one of the saddest things that we talk about people's facial features, their body parts. We talk about their nose, we make fun of people's foreheads, we make fun of people's hair, or the lack thereof. And Allah created them that way. Are you making fun of Allah's creation? And you're mocking something that Allah said, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمٍ I made him beautiful, Allah said. Allah made all human beings beautiful. And we insult and we mock their height, their shape. Sometimes we mock people's disabilities. And sometimes we mock people's race. Disgusting, Allah. So backbiting is talking about them what they don't like about their bodies. Talking about them what they don't like about their character. Look at him the way he is. Look at him the way she is. Look at what he does. Look at her the way she is. I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Saying things about them. That if they were to hear, they would say, you know what? I don't appreciate you saying that about me. And also talking about someone's deen. Saying this guy don't pray. This guy doesn't fast. Why? Why? If he doesn't fast, he's a sinner. But why are you saying it? Why are you telling people? Why do you not hide this sin? Why do you talk about him? To say he's a fasik. Okay, what if he is a fasik? He drinks on the weekend. He fornicates as well. 
But why, why do you mention it? Why do you mention it? Why do we spread each other's evil deeds? Sometimes this happens on social media a lot. Someone gets exposed, yeah? For sin. Someone gets exposed for sin. First, you don't even know if they did the sin. Are you a judge? You know if you say something about someone that's not true, like for example, you say he's a zani, he fornicated, the judge will lash you 80 times if you don't, if you, if you don't have four witnesses. If you make that claim, you say this man's he fornicated, this man sleeps around, this man violated a girl, the judge's going to say, did you see it? You're going to say, no. He's going to say, and are there three witnesses? No. I'm lashing you right now. He will lash you and your testimony will never be taken in court after that. Even if what you're saying is true. Don't ever talk about someone. Sometimes I see people that do evil online and when they get exposed, I think maybe Allah had mercy on them, he exposed them. You know why? Because all the people that backbite them and slander them, that's going to be good deeds they have to give them on the day of judgment. Maybe he was more evil than you, but then on the day of judgment, you become more evil than him. And he takes all of the good deeds. Maybe he was a drug dealer. Maybe he even killed someone, which is a very evil thing. But then billions of people, it went viral, he's talking about him online on a day of judgment, and he makes it through. That's why some of the Salaf would say, I think Abu Aliya, he would say that if it wasn't for the fact that I don't like people to disobey Allah, I would love for them to backbite me because I get their good deeds. One time someone backbited uh, Al-Hassan al-Basri. So what did he do? He took a gift to him, some dates. The man said, why are, you, why, are you, why are you giving me this gift? He said, what you gave me is better. You spoke about me, so I'm going to take your good deeds on the day of judgment. Does that make sense? So don't talk about people. Don't talk about people. Okay, pay attention. The companion said, But what if what I'm saying about him is true? Because a lot of people say, Well, it's not backbiting, it's true. Don't people say this. It's like, I'm not backbiting, it's true. Put your hand if you heard that before. It's like, don't backbite. He said, No, this is true, bro, this is true. So that's what the companion is saying. They say, What if it's true, O Messenger of Allah, what I say? The Prophet said, In kana fihi ma taqul faqad ikhtabta. The Prophet said, If what you're saying about him is true, then that's what backbiting is. And if what you're saying about him is false, then it's slander. Slander is to make up lies about people. Pay attention. Making up lies is worse. So we're like, bro, it's not, it's not a lie what I said about him. What I said about him is true. What I said about him is true. That's what backbiting is. If you make it up, that's even worse. That's a different sin. Okay, sometimes people say, but okay, I'll tell him to his face. Does that change the fact that you backbited? Not just that, you're acting like saying it to his face is not a sin. If speaking about him behind his back is called ghibah, what is it when you speak to him in, in his face and say the same thing? Pardon? Insult. Which we call in Arabic, al-shatm. Right? Shatm. Or sab. An insult. Are you allowed to insult your Muslim? Brother or sister? Can we insult them? No. So it's not better. All of these excuses. What I'm saying about him is true. Bro, I'll say it to his face. All of that is sin. All of that is evil. Well, I backbite is an evil sin, so evil that my brother, you know, you know, good deeds they wipe away bad deeds. You know this, right? In the hasanat, the good deeds they expiate and cancel the bad deeds, right? Backbiting is something that your good deeds don't cancel. Your salah, your fasting, all that, it doesn't cancel it. You know why? Because Allah won't forgive you until that person forgives you. So don't do it. So now you have to go to the person that you backbite and ask forgiveness. You're going to say, that's a bit hard to do. Well, if you, if you can't do the time, bro, don't do the crime. By the way, just as a side point, if you have backbited anyone, Shaykh Ibn Uthaymiyah, he gave a beautiful advice. He said, don't go to the person and say, by the way, I backbited you. Because that might hurt him and he may not forgive you. He may hold something in his heart now. He may have a problem. It may break the brotherhood. So go to him and say, well, if I said anything to hurt you, I'm a human. Sometimes I slip up and I might have said something bad. If I said anything bad, please forgive me anything I might have said or any harm I might have done to you. Just say, just get him to, just get from his mouth, I forgive you for anything that you might have done. And just so he doesn't feel singled out, say, I'm going to a few brothers. I'm going to some brothers just because, you know, you know, we're humans, we slip up. And by the way, the same way you should ask for forgiveness, you should automatically forgive the believers that have harmed you. There was the Prophet sitting with his companions and a man walked in. And when a man walked in, the Prophet said, this man who walks in is going to be from the people of Jannah. So when he walked in, there was a companion called Abdullah ibn, Abn, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Aus. who used to pray all night and fast all day. So much so that when he got married, his wife complained, said, my husband just prays all night and fasts all day, he doesn't come to me. He used to worship Allah because he really wanted to get to Jannah. 
So when he heard from the Prophet that this man who walked in is a man from the people of Jannah, he was curious. How? How? What did he do? Because I want to do that. So he followed him. And the story, I'll just get to the end of it. He couldn't work out what made him from the people of Jannah. So when he asked him, he said, what do you do? He said, every night before I go to sleep, I make sure that I forgive every Muslim. And I don't hold anything in my heart against any Muslim. Allah, that's profound. Allah, a lot of people have violated you and hurt you, no doubt. Forgive them. Don't go to sleep with a grudge. Don't let people stay inside your head rent-free, as they say. Go to sleep peaceful, calm, forgive everyone. You know why? That's going to be a reason for Allah to forgive you. Because whatever they done to you, when you violate and sin to Allah, what you've done to Allah is worse. Because Allah is greater than you, right? So right of Allah is greater than your right. So forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Make excuses. That way, when you go to ask someone for forgiveness who you might have wronged, Allah will make their heart one which inshallah will forgive you. Because you'll be treated the way you treat others. Allah said, we don't say what goes around comes around. We don't say karma. That's shirk. That's disbelief in Allah. That's a Hindu belief, karma. But we say, in the, we say al-jaza'u min jins al-amal. That a person is rewarded the way he behaves. Because there's a verse in the Quran where Allah said, Hal jaza'u al-ihsani illa al-ihsan. Is there any reward for good other than good? So if you behave good, you'll be treated good. Does that make sense? If you behave bad, that's it. You get bad. Look at this hadith about backbiting. I'm going to mention just maybe two hadith and we're done. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, who is the Prophet's wife. She was the wife of who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Who is she to us? Our mom. Your mom's your mom because she told you she's your mom. The Prophet's wives are our mums because Allah told us they are our mums. So our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, because she's a human at the end of the day, one day she made a mistake, she backbited one of the Prophet's other wives. Her name was Safiya, one of our other mums. May Allah be pleased with them both. And when she backbited, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, لَقَدْ قُلْتِ كَلِمَةً لَوْ مُزِجَتْ بِمَاءِ الْبَحَرِ The Prophet said, you have said a statement that if it was to enter inside of the sea, لَمَزَجَتْهُ It would make the entire sea filthy. Yesterday when we did shriq, we learned that water is of three types. Right? And we said one of the types of water is ma which is najis, water which is impure. And we said that water which is impure, if it's a small amount and filth touches it, what happens? It makes it impure straight away. If the filth touches a water which is a large amount, over qullatain, which is approximately 200 liters, then it doesn't become impure unless the taste, color, or smell changes. Here the Prophet is saying that Aisha, you said a statement which is so disgusting that if it was to go into the sea, which is more than 200 liters, it would, it would, it would contaminate it. It would pollute it. It would change the smell. It would change the taste of the ocean. Backbiting once. Are you hearing this, brothers? Backbiting once will make the entire ocean filthy. That's how filthy it is. So then why do we do it every day? There's a verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Don't backbite one another. Would you like to eat the flesh of your brother that is dead? Who has a brother or a sister? Put your hand up. If you don't have a brother or sister, do you have a relative that you love? Maybe a parent? Put your hand up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up, everyone. We all, or maybe a son if you don't have either of them. We all have someone that we love that is from our flesh, from our family, right? Close your eyes, all of you, please. Barakallahu feekum. And I want you to picture something, and it's very filthy. But you have to picture it. Because we've backbited. We've backbited. So what we've done is just as filthy. So we're easy to backbite, but we don't want to picture what Allah said in the Quran. Imagine your dead brother or your dead sister in front of you. Or if you don't have, imagine your dead son or your dead daughter or your mother or father right in front of you, their body. And then imagine 
you take a bite out of their face and you feast on their face you start to eat their arms blood is pouring all down your face inside your mouth you're chewing you're chewing on their limbs you're chewing on their muscles you're chewing on their organs disgusting I can see it from your faces would you like that Allah said do you like that did you enjoy that moment that you just pictured Allah answered it for you you hate it so then why do you why do you do what is the same which is the backbite I'm talking to myself I'm not better than you brothers well, like, we all struggle, we're all in this together We've all slipped up We have to advise one another I'm not saying this like I'm having a go at you Like I'm free, no We're all together Wallahi. We have to stop ourselves from these things Why do we do these things? That how filthy that is, is what how filthy backbiting is In the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said لَمَّا when the Prophet ﷺ on the night journey He ascended to the heavens He said I went past a group of people And they had nails that were made out of copper They were ripping their faces With their nails And they were ripping their chest Imagine rip your chest open Cutting it open Cutting your face open He said I looked at Jibreel I said Who are these people? He said, He said, These are the people who used to eat the flesh of their brothers and sisters. Well, I, the best statement I want to end with is what we started with. The Prophet said, Whoever believes in Allah. Whoever believes in the day of judgment Say good Or be quiet Scholars took from this That the sunnah of the Prophet When it comes to speaking Is to only speak if there's a benefit in your speech If your speech has no benefit, don't speak And you will not know if there's a benefit in your speech Unless you think about what you speak Before you say And as we said Some of the salaf like Atta ibn Abi Rabah said, I think about what I say before I say it 70 times. Because once it's out of you, it's written on the angel's record. Even if you delete it from WhatsApp. And all of that is questioned on the Day of Judgment. If you'd like to get more information about when the next event is going to be, the location, time, place, date, click the link below and join the Telegram group that will take you to a group where we have all the information about all of our live events. Wanted to give those of you who are not able to make it an opportunity to participate in the khair. And that is that inshallah if you would like to contribute towards the expenses of these events, we don't charge anyone to attend, but we do have a lot of expenses, food, whatnot, the giveaways that attract the people to come in and whatever have you. As you can see, it brings in the youth, the youngsters, the ones who you know, we really need to reach out to them and get them in the masjid. Who knows, someone may come to the masjid, completely change their life. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the primary reason for that. But then Allah might have made you a means for that person or those people to change. So donate as generously as you can at the link below. And inshallah ta'ala, please come and attend. So hopefully we see you there inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, peace.